Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider free podcast, a service, of course, of Julie Williams' free VoiceOver Insider. For industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe at www.voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Paul O'Connor, here to introduce our host, Julie Williams. What's coming up on the podcast today? Thanks, Paul. Today's guest is Rebecca Haw, and she's worked with international brands such as NBC TV, Universal, Netflix, Google AdWords, Coca-Cola, Nestle, um, HP, Bear, I mean, GE. This lady's got so many credits behind her. And that's just the beginning. I mean, we could take up the entire time talking about her credits, but we're not going to. Sigh of relief. (laughs) (laughs) I know, really, right? In addition to all of the constant voiceover work that Rebecca does, she operates Love That Improv VO, which we'll talk about in a second. It's an online improv community that she founded in uh, 2013 for voiceover talents worldwide. And since 2012... She also produces and hosts the internet radio show, Love That Voiceover, so we want to talk about that as well. Okay, so today, you probably figured out we're talking about improv and how it works hand-in-hand with voiceover. Rebecca, you have me at a disadvantage. I know nothing about this. Well, that's an advantage. You'll have all the best questions. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) we can look at it that way. So why did you start Love That Improv? Oh, gosh, really, um, because I moved far away from every improv opportunity that ever there was. And I was doing improv dinner theater and and improv classes. And um, when I left that, it had been several years and I couldn't get it where I where I live now. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to scour online and see what I can find because I want this. This has to be part of my life. Mm -hmm. And Um, I found a small class nearby, but it was more like hobbyists that were part of it. So it was very disappointing because I'm very professional and I want to do this to improve my career. And yes, I was like, these people are just doing it for like, you know, because they don't want to read a book. They're doing improv, like (laughs) I'm different than that. You know, how does it work doing improv online like that? I mean, as opposed to having a good improv class. When, When I first started doing it, people were really skeptical because Improv is primarily done in person. Yes. And I, first of all, wanted to do it online. And I do some of the stuff with video and the workouts that we have. We have group workouts and a bunch of us are together on Skype in audio only. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that aren't familiar with me and aren't familiar with what I'm doing really either are in two groups, especially people who have done a lot of improv already. They either buy into it and say, that rocks, that's totally awesome, that's going to be amazing. Or they go, that's impossible, that's not going to work. Yeah. Because they see it as needing to have a visual, you need to be in person. And so I proved them wrong. (laughs) And, you know, it may not be the exact same thing, and it's not. But what it is, is it works because people who are joining are voiceover people. And that's why it's audio only. So the focus is primarily on how you're using your your vocal strengths and and developing the muscles so that you're strengthening your strengths and you're building muscles where you don't have them. And you're playing with other people that are generally of the same ilk. So, you know, we don't have skeptics in the room. Oh, you know what? I just remembered who I took an improv class with. It was Andre Stoika. He is absolutely amazing. This was in the mid-90s. It was actually in San Diego, a Dick Orkin, Terry Apple, Andre Stoika workshop that I flew into. Terry Apple, I knew her. Yeah, and Dick Orkin is like a legend. He's in his 
probably 80s now, but I mean, the man is, is like he put voiceover on the map. He's incredible. You okay. would recognize his voice if you heard him for sure. Probably, yeah. I'm not um, sure of the name. Dang, that's pretty good for you to get a name I'm not familiar with. Oh, Dang. awesome. <laughs> good job. <laughs> and Andre, Dick Orkin Radio Ranch in Los Angeles, but the- uh, Very familiar now, Radio Ranch. The Andre Stoica seminar- his part really showed me how I'm really, really, really bad at improv that. I mean, I, I literally suck at it. Aww. It was great when I could think ahead of time what I was going to do, but then something else um, was thrown at me and I'm like, uh, okay. Right. Because improv is all about not thinking ahead. Oh, okay. So that's a good point. Yeah. So how does improv help a voiceover talent? Because most of the time we're given scripts. We don't have to make it up as we exactly. go along. Exactly. In fact, I recently wrote an article about that, like improv for voiceover, but we use scripts and improv is all about not having a script. Exactly. Well, the way that it helps you is it creates skills that you don't have by building them and helping you learn how to do things and or it finds the strengths that you have and it teaches you how to incorporate that into your voiceover. It helps you be a better actor. You need to have some basic understanding of acting and or theoretical understanding of acting because you need to be able to apply improv and its qualities, which are flexibility and the ability to respond and respond quickly and to create a world that you imagine that is going to be the world of the script. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to do is you're going to take the skills that you learn in improv and you're going to apply them to voiceover. And I was recently talking to some folks and I drew two circles and one was improv in the world of all improv and one was the world of voiceover in the whole world of voiceover. And there's an area where they overlap. That's a crossover okay. area. And that area is where you can find improvisation within the script. And the way I like to say that it helps a voice actor is in two functional ways. One is it helps you be more confident as an actor and as a voice actor so that when you're looking at those specs and you often see, you know, or you're going to training with agents or casting directors, they're like, be you, be you, be you, just be relax, just be you. Improv helps you totally do that. And if you are an adult and you haven't been doing acting all your life, this is something that's a skill you need to learn. You need to be able to be comfortable to be yourself and put your own personality on things, but also within the rules of doing voiceover and doing, you know, commercials or narration or whatever it is the, the project you're working on. So it helps you be more you and that takes practice and it comes with time and it depends on your personality and what kind of blocks you have that you're going to work through. Right. Um, in addition, it helps you build a world quickly, establishing who you are, who you're talking to, the space that you're in, the reason why you're speaking to that other person, and you're saying the words that are written on the script. That so you're I talking about the, the backstory. Yeah, okay. if you want to put it in those words, you can say that. I call it building a world. And the <laughs> reason why I call it that is I feel like it's much more than backstory. Because I have found that many, many voice talents say, oh, it's a backstory. And what they think of a backstory and what I mean by building a world has a big gap in between, mm -hmm. usually. Building a world means to me that you viscerally feel like you're there okay, in that space, talking to that person. And however you are as an artist and creative you're either seeing that person or you're shutting your eyes and you're feeling the space around you like you're in that coffee shop or wherever you're imagining yourself. And improv helps you create that world fast and quickly so that you speed up your time doing these things. Also, it helps you respond 
when you're in a session for the more advanced people and if you start doing improv you can really relate to the changes that they're suggesting and accept them and work them into what you're doing i just recently had an audition where it said you know here's what they want blah 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 by the way break the rules <laughs> Okay, that's I'm like, what do you do with that? Well, that sounds like an improv opportunity. It totally is, Julie. It totally is. So you can give them one take where you're following the specs, and then the second take, you're going to break the rules. Maybe you're going to throw in more ad-libbing. Maybe you'll twist something up in a, a different way. You're not going to obviously shockingly change mm -hmm. because you want them to know who you are. You want them to think you're some... Well, it really depends on the copy. Um, actually, it really depends on the copy and whether it's character work, because character work, you can go much more range, you right. know, versus commercial or narration. So do you uh, think that improv is actually going to help people better with character work than, say, e-learning? That's a great question. And I think it helps every voice actor in every genre that they're working in. Mm. For example, um, I have people that have been coming to workouts for a couple of years because we've been going since 2013. And one lady is very focused on only doing audiobooks. For her, it helps her shift characters better. So she doesn't have to do as much editing. Okay. She can personify depending on that audiobook how much you know character work usually audiobooks aren't full of deep character work yeah. they're just expressions of the essence of a different character who's talking now so it applies to audiobooks it applies to commercials for me i'm using it all the time when i'm working because it helps me build that world so i can create the inner attitude that comes across as if I'm really in that space with that person. I'm really talking to that person in that zone, you know, wherever that is, for whatever reason, be it the banking commercial or being a natural conversation about a food product, whatever. Mm -hmm. E-learning, it applies to e-learning too. We have a guy who's been working with us for a couple of years now, and he said that it really helps him be more conversational in his e-learning and make it more appropriate to the audience. So in e-learning, what you're trying to do is make sure that, you know, depending on who you are and who your audience is, you're delivering it to the right, with the right attitude and tone. And it helps you do that. And it helps you keep that consistency too. E-learning is my bread and butter. So let's say I am doing an e-learning about welding pipe, or, or I got a better one. I work a lot for a power company that and they have one. a lot of natural gas, right? And they have to put odor yeah. into the gas because if there's a gas leak, you won't smell it unless there's odor in it, right? Yeah. So I'm talking about odorizing natural gas. How does improv help me there? If your e-learning is your bread and butter, you're probably pretty skilled at it, okay? But this guy is doing it the same way too. So I will go by what he says and what I do because I do a lot of e-learning too. Mm -hmm. um, and the way I look at it as, it helps me be more relaxed and less instructionally toned. Okay, Unless good, that's what good. they want. But it helps me control the tone and delivery that I'm looking to do. So, for example, I recently did an e-learning for a client that is in retail. And I used my skills to pretend that I was in retail in the kind of job. And I happen to have a friend who does the very job that I was portraying to be the kind of person for the e-learning. So mm -hmm. it was really perfect. I just channeled my friend as if I were her. Yeah, that's great. Um, but that's what it helps you do is it helps you think of things that you're already aware of that you probably weren't thinking of before that you can apply to that particular project. It really makes it more fun and I believe more enjoyable for you because e-learning can tend to be a little bit stale, a little bit rote, depending on who wrote it. Ha, yeah, ha, ha. yeah, I know. 
Everybody um, says that, and it's so funny. I must be like a mega geek because I love it. I mean, I love, I mean, I don't want to go out and weld pipe, but I love learning about welding pipe. Right. I don't want to be a firefighter, but I love learning about the different kinds of fire extinguishers that you would use for different kinds of fire, you know, right. that kind it's of thing. Kind of interesting to find out all these details and just roll through them for while well, you're doing yeah, sports. Yeah, we learn, we learn so much in e-learning, the things that right. we never would have looked up and, and uh, done anything about. Yeah. We're, does that answer your question? It does answer my okay. question. Thank you. We're talking with Rebecca Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca, and we're talking about improv and its impact on voiceover performance. I'm Julie Williams. This is the Free Voiceover Insider Podcast. And when we come back, we're going to find out when this really all started for Rebecca and who might benefit most from improv training and workouts. All right. We'll be right back after this short message. Julie Williams has been a voiceover coach for decades and has helped thousands of talents to launch a VO career, refine their VO performance skills, develop winning demos and marketing plans, and market themselves in voiceover. She's taught all levels from beginners to voiceover coaches. But don't take our word for it. Let's hear what some of Julie's actual students have to say. In many parts of the world, people drink untreated water. The consequences are staggering. Half the hospital beds in the developing world are taken up by people suffering from waterborne illnesses. Most people don't know how much they're charged in checking fees. Our customers do because it's zero. A bank that puts you first. That's different. Capital One. Escape into a tropical adventure. Perfect for entertaining clients or just having a night out with the family. Um, I'll take the Planet Earth pasta. Rainforest Cafe. Where else can you eat a volcano? For the second year running, Mazda has been named the lowest cost to own brand over five years by Kelly Blue Book. Introducing Marriott Rewards. Because the point of all those points is capturing all those exotic memories. Soak up some rays this summer at America's newest AAA ballpark. Visit El Paso. My name is Stephen James Tabor, and I want to take a minute or two to talk about how it has been working with Julie Williams and the voice coaching that she offers and how she has helped me. At first, when I found Julie Williams, I ended up purchasing some of the resources that she has and a couple CDs and just learning different voice techniques and you know some of the things that she kind of says, the do's and don'ts and different you know things in the voiceover industry in general. And I learned a lot of stuff and her approach was totally different than all the other training that I've had. And I ended up doing the private coaching with her. And that was the key word for me, the coaching. It wasn't just do this and do that. It was also the critique. And coming into every session with her and her saying, I didn't like this. You did this. I want you to change this. I need to get this out of you. We're falling short a little bit in this area. Let's work on this. And getting me ready to the point where I can make a demo. I ended up making a demo with her. She did every aspect of that from just the recording to the whole full package and continuing to work with her. She really does come alongside you and helps you learn the voiceover business and what to do, what not to do, and helps you to grow in your ability to deliver the voice quality and the things that you need to do to be competitive in this business. So I would encourage you, if you haven't checked out Julie Williams, whether it's her resources or her private coaching, I definitely would encourage you to do so. It is definitely time well spent to learn the 
business of voiceovers and to be competitive in this industry. Julie isn't just a teacher who teaches during your time together. She's a coach who guides you through every step of your career according to your specific needs. You can find out more about Julie Williams Coaching at juliewilliamscoaches.com or by emailing her directly at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. And now a few final words from Julie and her guest. Welcome back to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. We're talking to Rebecca Haw. Love that, Rebecca. You might know her as an expert at improv and helping voiceover actors online, wherever you live in the world, to become better at improv, which really builds your skills in uh, any kind of voiceover, even as we've been talking about e-learning shock of shocks. Totally, totally. Rebecca, rumor has it you really started all this way back in the sixth grade. Tell us about that. <laughs> oh my God. That's you didn't so know funny. I knew about that, did you? But go ahead. <laughs> tell us about what happened in the sixth grade. In the sixth grade, I was um, doing plays with my neighbors and I actually was sort of like this little mini producer. We, we, uh, I've always been a horror genre person <laughs> and I guess my little friends were too. So we decided, and Halloween was coming up. So we decided to make a story about a witch and turned it into a play we all had roles in it. And, you know, my little marketing hat was even on them because we were making tickets and selling tickets to all the neighbors and doing a ticket place where they had to come through the door of a certain, the garage way or whatever. I forget. It was in somebody's backyard, but it totally all started then. I was, my little producer hat was on way back then and my artistic actor hat. I did the very same thing. No, sh- Really? <laughs> Excuse me, you said no what? No shoes. I, really? I did. I did the very same thing. It wasn't about witches or anything. It was about clowns and, and whatever, but it was the very same thing. Wow, it was a yeah. play and everything? It was a little play in somebody's garage and we charged really? like a dollar or something for people yeah, to come Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I've noticed that when it comes to genres like, you know, animation, the best people are the ones who grew up in trouble as class clowns doing funny voices and impersonations. Do you find that there's a certain personality that is best suited for improv? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Well, what I've found is that there are people who pick it up quicker, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And those people that you mentioned are probably more quickly advanced or already familiar with it and do a lot of ad living. <laughs> yeah, they're probably teaching it. <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. And people go to other places for improv training. They go to many places. Um, but I would say, yeah, people who are introverted, who are the more um, quiet types probably have a little bit harder time, but I try to create an environment. And I think it's important wherever you go, when you're looking for improv, to find an environment that's really supportive and helps you take risks and feel safe taking those risks. Because improv is really mostly about failure and the joy of failure, honestly, because we're, we're breaking rules when we're playing improv, rules that we in adult life live by. We don't say the first thing that comes into our head in our normal social activities or work activities, right? That's funny that you say it's all about failure because that's, you know, that's what we're all so afraid of is failure. Right. And that's why it it needs to be a really supportive and safe environment when you go for training, when you're first initiating your improv journey and be confident in your choice. And if you don't like somebody that's teaching you, maybe it's just a chemistry thing or a personality thing and you can Mm -hmm. find somebody else or go to a different provider. Um, Because 
it's really important to have those first steps. They're kind of like baby steps. They're kind of like, you know, when you're first learning to read or walk or learn a new language. We're adults. We're used to being confident in what we do and knowing what we're doing is, you know, kind of good and right and not making mistakes. And improv, especially when you're first starting out, is really letting yourself feel uncomfortable and letting yourself make errors because in the beginning, you're going to try to think in advance and we're trying to retrain you out of that habit. We're trying to help you speak the first thing that comes to your mind. So that's what I mean by failing because you're following all these social rules that you've been practicing all your adult life. And in improv, you're starting to go back to the sandbox and be like a kid again. And we have to kind of break rules and we fail a lot when we first start doing that. You know so. what I think is so funny is that, that I don't like improv and I say I suck at it. And I think it's more because I'm afraid. Like you just said, yeah. I've taken improv classes and I feel like, oh, I suck. So I'm afraid. So I don't want to step out and do this because I'm not good at it. And people right. might see that I'm not good at it. So right. there's an insecurity as far right. as improv goes. And so how can you, as a person who is putting together this online improv group, when people are feeling like I do, like I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to fail, even right. though you say that's the good thing that you fail, but I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Um, how can you help them feel comfortable? And also, I'm curious how many people are in these individual group sessions. Do you well, fail you, in front of a thousand or ten? No, it's a small private group. That's the first thing that's on that page describing mm -hmm. the classes. And you start in, in private classes with a small group of anywhere from three to eight people, eight max. So what happens is before you go into group workouts, I have a kind of a survey that you take to let you know a little bit about what we're about and to find out background on your improv training and acting training to get a feel for you. And then, um, you know, we determine together whether or not it makes sense for you to take the training class or go directly to group workouts, depending on your background. And, um, if you start as a newbie, a fearful newbie, all of that, because tons of people have, I've written an ebook about that. You start and you go into this small, tight group where we break the ice, we make it fun. And it's mm -hmm. all about having fun so that you get over your fear. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had anybody not have fun when they show up. Um, oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. And I start even before that with a free intro one hour where I have every other month or so a free intro and people can just show up I have one coming up. I don't know when this is going to air, but they're regular and I have one coming up in a couple of days and then there'll be another one in a couple of months. Um, and I always have the replays on the site so you can actually just watch a free intro from the past. So people um, will be listening to this over and over since it's yeah. recorded, you know, yeah. after it goes live, then they'll listen over and over. So basically every couple of months you have one? Pretty much. Yeah. The summer okay. months, it gets a little sparse because so yeah. many people are on vacation. Right. But um, yeah, during the spring and during the fall and winter, I'm definitely like pretty much every other month. And it's always there on the website. The last one is always there available to be watched whenever. Is that free to watch it? Yeah. Okay, so tell me about these, you know, you've got the improv class, you've got the improv workouts. Yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of your time. What does it cost for someone to attend the class or even just attend the workouts? Well, um, the prices for the class, that is $249 for a three-hour over two days, usually. It varies. Sometimes it's a three-hour on one day. Sometimes it's one and a half hours over two weekends. That way, I feel people can absorb it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, the group workouts have a couple of different rates. There's um, the 
beginner combo level, which is $49 a month, and it's a weekly workout. And then there's an advanced group that's weekly as well, that's $59 a month. And then I have an option for people that has been taken up. People can set up their own group. And mm -hmm. if you've got four or more people, it's only $25 an hour per person. So it depends, you know, what you can make in terms of the hours and availability of your schedule. I have a couple of people I work with that are great improvisers and know about teaching it, teachers right. of improv. Yeah. And they can work different schedules than I can. So, you know, it just depends on people's schedules, but it's really affordable and it's totally worth it if you want to play and try mm -hmm. and get over those fears or see if now, you feel like you can. One of the things that I haven't liked about workouts, and I'm talking about typical voiceover workouts, not, okay. I mean, I've never heard of an improv workout, but other workouts mm -hmm. is that, you know, I've seen people go to workouts and they're critiqued by other people attending the workout. And I've seen like one, one student of mine had gone in and she was doing something called the quote anthem read, which isn't. Okay. Oh yeah, I know that. I yeah. mean, it's like everybody's asking for it. It's like the most popular read right now, right? Yes. Yes. And another person attending who was the one assigned to critique her, who's been in voiceovers two months. I don't know if she's ever done one said, no, there's no such thing as an anthem read. So you have the blind leading the mildly cited <laughs> sometimes. Right. Well, what and, we do in improv workouts is we are led by a professional, experienced improviser Good, teacher. good. Yeah, so that's why there's a, a heftier fee than what you see in some of those priced workouts. They're usually pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, because they are, they are self-led. And sometimes I have to say the, the value of that kind of a workout, I always say the best of all worlds, if you're going to go do that kind of workout because it's affordable and because that's what you want, you don't want to try something different like improv yet. Um, do it and look at it as learning to take direction from a variety of people. Because but a lot of the direction is false direction. So you've that's, got to. No, no, not, nothing's false when you pretend it's your client. Hmm. If you pretend it's your client, then you just go, okay, that's what my client's telling me to do. That's what I want them to do. So I'm just going to do it that way. Maybe I won't do it that way because I don't believe in that way for my auditions, but I'm going to see how flexible I am. That is a very good point, a, a very yeah. good point. Yeah. But at the same time, I think about the lady who's like, who's saying, there is no anthem read. And I'm in well, like, you and I both know what it is. Advice go away. <laughs> yeah. And, and so as long as you can take their advice, pretend they're a client, grain of salt, but take it with a grain, grain of salt. salt. Client's always right, but that doesn't mean that they're right forever just for their job. It doesn't mean they're right in the profession and scheme of things that we're learning as a voiceover professional, but right. that's happening out there truly because I get some people you know you, most professional creative directors at an agency won't unless they're under a ton of pressure they won't give you a line read which mm -hmm. means that they won't say it to you in the way they want you to just kind of mimic them right a lot of the people who are booking you for um, they're the marketing director of the company or some other smaller scale business that isn't familiar so much with the creative aspects and isn't worried about it so much, they will give you line reads or they'll say, here, um, here's the last voiceover we did and we just want a female now instead of a male. So just go ahead and do exactly how they did it. Right. That's and true. that's not what we consider professional, but that's the kind of experience from the other training group or workout group that you were mentioning, we can use to our advantage. So everything yes. you do is try to say, how can I work this for my advantage and knowledge and gain from it? 
very good point. Thanks for joining us today, Rebecca. Is there anything that you would like to add that maybe I didn't think to ask you, not being the expert at improv? I think that we covered most of it in general and in the short time that we have. So I actually don't have any advice. I would just love people to go check out the website. I do have a free ebook if they sign up to join the community. I have uh, also a Facebook group and it's all under the name of Love That Improv VO. Love That or Improv VO. Yeah. Or if you just look up voimprov.com because that's easier to remember and no worries about spelling and anything. Yeah, you can find the website that way. And um, yeah, and I have the other podcast that I'm doing and it's a different kind of format. So it'd be great for people to listen to both shows. And how do they access that? Well, you can go to iTunes or look it up online and find the provider that you want to listen through. We're on Stitcher and Podbean and it's called Love That Voiceover. You can just love go to lovethatvoiceover.com and you can click on some of the things or go to iTunes and find it too by Excellent. searching by that title. So we have been hearing lots of great stuff from Rebecca Haw about, you'd love that Rebecca, about improv and its impact on voiceover performance. And a very good point that I never really thought of, kind of being a little bit down on, on workout groups, you know, that it is, like you said, Rebecca. Led by your peers, the groups led by your peers. Because yeah. it's led by the peers, they may not know anything, but your client might not know anything either. <laughs> and so. just consider it as an opportunity to practice your skill and also learn how to take direction. Yes. Just learn how to take direction from a variety of people. So how can people contact you if they're interested in Love That VoiceOver or if they're interested in improv or anything that you have to offer? How can they contact you directly with any questions or information? You can go to the website uh, or just email me if you want to, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, at love, L-O-V-E, that, T-H-A-T, Rebecca.com. I think that's pretty easy. I'm yeah. Kelly Williams. Thank you so much for joining us today on the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. And thank you for joining us as well. I hope you got a lot out of this. We're going to have another great podcast for you soon. So stay tuned. We're glad you were able to join us today. Feel free to email Julie with any questions at julie at juliewilliamscoaches.com. We'd like to thank our editor, Morning Joy Lynn, who can be reached at morningjoy at voeditor.com. And of course, thank you for listening. Till next time, I'm Paul O'Connor, along with Julie Williams, wishing you prosperity in all you do.